This is an ABC podcast. Hello, you're listening to Off Track, the ABC's own nature program, where every week we get out and about in the great outdoors, finding out the most wonderful things possible about Australia's environment. I'm Anne Jones, and take a listen to this. Greg Willis sent me this recording of a mountain stream under an old wooden bridge in the Victorian high country. And you can send me a sound too. Record the sound of nature on your phone and email it to me at offtrack at abc.net.au. Joining me in the studio today for Off Track, I have three experts and we're going to have a listen to some of the hundreds of sounds that I've been sent via the Off Track email. Dr Jodie Rowley is the Curator of Amphibian and Reptile Conservation Biology at the Australian Museum. Elliot Leach has just handed in his PhD in Conservation Ecology at Griffith University. And Henry Cook is an ecologist and wildlife photographer. And all of these people are up for the challenge of identifying some sounds. The first one is from John Lakey. He's a farmer in Gisborne in Victoria, and he said that this is what he could hear when one of his dams filled up after a two-year dry spell. I love that sound. Having grown up close to Gisborne myself, that really takes me back. Jodie, what are we hearing there? That is a pretty common sound of winter across southeastern Australia. So that's your good old common eastern froglet, Crinia signifera. Oh, common. Oh, but, but still pretty awesome. And this is where you, they love the absolute <laughs> coldest parts of the year when almost no other frog is calling. And they will call from rock platforms around Sydney as well, like right near the ocean. They're not too fussy where they tend to call from, but it is a lovely noise. Melinda Brown wrote in from Alice Springs and said that things get busy after a storm in Alice and we had a beauty of a storm today. Melinda says she thinks that these are burrowing frogs and they spend most of their lives under the ground and emerge after rain. In this recording, she says they're in a big submerged concrete pit and she says the concrete gives the sound an edge. An edge is right. (laughs) Yeah, it definitely gives an edge. It's the red tree frog, Latoria rubella. So they're a tiny little, also known as the naked tree frog because they're kind of a pinkish colour, about three or four centimetres in body length. And they are, are not a burrowing frog per se, but they will only really call and, and be active when it's rained. And so that's why you would hear them here. If there's water in there, they might have actually crawled in to, to breed. Yeah, that's right. Um, they're pretty much the most common bathroom frog in Western, like inland New South Wales. So any... 
when I lived in Longreach, there was a family of them living in the cistern the, of the toilet. <laughs> Actually, in my inbox, we do have some uh, toilet frogs um, mm-hmm. that people have been recording for me. So if you've got a toilet <laughs> frog at your house, I would love a recording of the calls. And also I'm after drain frogs because you know how they like to get into the drains next to the, the tank and yep. when they call it, they use it like a little tr- trumpet. <laughs> yeah, yeah, when a green tree frog gets into that, wow, the, the call really reverberates. I'm collecting those calls for the next earworms. If you've got a toilet frog or a tank frog, let us know. On Off Track, you're with me, Anne Jones, and with me in the Off Track studio today is Dr Jodie Rowley, Elliot Leach and Henry Cook, and we're attempting to identify recordings sent in by listeners, one of which is Ed Bristow. He sent in the recording of an, what he calls an alarm clock bird because it wakes oh, yeah. him up early. This is from um, Nelson Bay, north of Newcastle in New South Wales. Sounds like a pied butcher bird. Yeah, yeah, it's a pied butcher bird. A pied butcher bird. When we've had a butcher bird in the past on these earworm programs with mm-hmm. audience things. And I've told the story that I heard from an old bird watcher out at Port Augusta that butcher birds are called butcher birds because they get prey and put it up and they hang it up in a tree to yep. either larder it or strip it. To strip it, yeah. So um, I got an email from an angry listener saying you'd never, ever seen any butcher bird doing that and it's a complete lie. No, it's I, I watched my grey butcher bird at home doing it to a grape. I chucked a grape out. <laughs> And he picked it up and swiftly flew to a perch and then jammed it in a fork and then proceeded to rip a shred off and eat it. And then he's, oh, this is disgusting, it's grape. (laughs) And then, you know, looked at me with this terrible look on his face. So he um, has a pretty beautiful beak, doesn't he, in order to be able to do that? I have a serious beak. It's, yeah, got a huge, it's big, it's sharp, it's got a big hook on the end. I reckon it'd draw blood if they, they got you. This next sound is sent in from Aaron Wigan in Brisbane. So, Elliot, this is in your neck of the woods, and this is actually a dawn chorus from Albany Creek Bend, which is a small bush reserve. There's lots of birds in here, so what we're going to do is you can chime in when you can identify one. Okay. Oh, God. Uh, Brown honeyeater. Scarlet honeyeater. Striated partalote. I can hear uh, grey fantail. Magpie. Yeah. Rainbow lorikeet yeah, in the background. Yeah. Yellow faced honeyeater. Lewin's honeyeater. Yeah, so the Lewin's honeyeater sounds a bit like a machine gun going. That's it. That's <laughs> it. Yeah, yeah. Classic description. <laughs> Fantail cuckoo, cuckoo, yeah, yeah. 
pod butcher bed again, Hi. I think. Ah, uh, spine bill just called. Eastern spine bill. That's an easy one. Yeah. Whitfish. <laughs> Even I can get one. Is, is this is this a recent recording? Lots of that stuff is winter visitors to Brisbane. A lot of the birds in the recording, like the spinebill, the fantails, even the fantail cuckoo, they tend to come out of the hills and come down into the lowlands in winter. They're elevational migrants. So they leave the cold areas up the mountains and they come down into the lowlands for winter. We've got one from Melbourne, from Tommy O'Hara, who is on Instagram at Tommy O'Haha. <laughs> he says, this one was recorded at Alma Park Playground in St Kilda, East Melbourne, and it's got some ripper calls in it. So what can we hear there, Jodie? You can hear whistling frogs. I'm starting to think it could even be two species. So Latoria Ewingi and Latoria Varroi uh, have quite similar calls. Um, one's a bit longer and sort of cleaner and one's a little bit more uh, like it's had a few cigarettes <laughs> or, so, or something along the line, lines of it. And sometimes we need to actually download those and, and look at them a bit more. But they're, they're whistling frogs and they're w- winter breeders mostly, although they, they do breed at other times of year, typically not in the middle of summer though. Now there is another species that is going to come in in this recording. Experts are whispering amongst themselves. <laughs> sounds like a that that growling thing. Yeah, the growling in the background. That almost it sounds like a brush-tailed possum, but I don't. I yeah, don't know that's Melbourne the, well. that's my vote, even from the frog person. Yeah, they yeah, used yeah. to terrify me as a child. <laughs> that noise yeah. outside my window at night. Yeah. Even the frog person thinks it's a brush-tailed possum. <laughs> Tommy, who sent this in, says that this is an urban park. It's in the middle of Melbourne and he was surprised to hear so many frogs there. He was wondering if they might have actually been put there by people. 
Do frogs move around like other animals? Frogs move around a lot, actually. So some frogs can tolerate the sort of human ponds and things quite well. A pond frog has typically a lot of ponds that it can hop between in people's backyards and things like that. And in particularly in rain, a frog that's a relatively decent size, so four or five centimetres, like these guys would probably be out three or four, they could hop probably a kilometre in one night if, oh. if they were really mm. into it. So people always think, you know, when they build a pond in their yard, oh, do I have to move frogs there? No, 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 no. You probably have frogs hopping through your backyard on a regular basis, but they're not finding what they want and keeping going. Yeah. Yeah, they, they, they can move. Not all frogs. Some of the tiny frogs will probably move, you know, less than 100 metres potentially in their life, but other frogs will move long distances. And I actually radio tracked frogs during my PhD, so I stuck little waist cool. belts on frogs with little radio <laughs> transmitters. Can I ask a nerdy question? If they're travelling around, like, in the rain, are they just randomly finding ponds or do they have some kind of sense, like olfaction or something, where they can sense out a, a larger body of water? We, we don't fully understand yet. We believe that they can somehow maybe smell, whether it's mm. the algae in the water or, or some other thing. And, of course, once there's one frog calling at a pond, they are able to hear it and know that there's oh, yeah, that, yeah. that pond course. is around as well. Yeah. Um, but frogs can seemingly home. Our, our frogs in Australia don't so much do the kind of migrations that you see, particularly in Europe, of the frogs overwintering in the forest, say, and then migrating across great distances to find the wetlands or ponds that they came from. But mm. they have some kind of ability where they kind of know where they came from and they can get back. And there have been instances where people have moved frogs or, or toads very long distances with transmitters as part of experiments and then they've made their way back to the place from which mm. they came. Yeah, cool. so it's, there's still so much Incredible. we don't know about all wildlife, but frogs, frogs are particularly fascinating. Now, the next one is an amazing bird. This one sent in by Madge Wilson, and this was recorded at Biggenden in Queensland. So Madge says that these birds were attending a baby, and she says that they were apostle birds. Yeah, that's right. Henry, what do we know about apostle bird relationships? They're very, very, very community-minded. I mean... It's, it's usually only one pair breeds and then everyone else, the whole family, which might be uh, like 10 or, or 20 other birds. I mean, they're called apostle birds because they generally hang out in groups of 12. But <laughs> um, oh, my, a friend of mine, he's got about 60 in oh. one mighty group that hang around God, imagine outside how loud his that house. Would be. Non-stop. And when one of them sort of gets caught in his car or traps itself... The whole cacophony, the, all the birds just go mental. They're definitely a beautiful bird to spot because yeah. they're so interesting with their social interactions. How would you describe what they look like, Elliot? Uh, they're, they're a grey bird. They've got some nice striations on the body, though. They've got, like, this so, sort of blackish mask and black feet, and they scurry around on the ground and then hop up into trees. They're a really common bird around um, the drier parts of the country and you'll often see them by the roadsides having a scratch around and looking for insects and stuff to eat. Yeah, definitely a highlight if you ever get to see apostle birds and I want to hear more recordings of them. Record it on your smartphone and send it to offtrack at abc.net.au.
So this one from Glenda Jones is from New South Wales and she recorded this in the twilight in the southern tablelands of New South Wales. And I can identify a dog barking in the distance, but apart from that... What is that almighty sound, Jody? <laughs> I, I actually remember hearing Nicola described this frog once as painful in both pitch and volume. <laughs> <laughs> yeah, when they're right beside you. <laughs> so, so this is the bleating tree frog, Latoria dentata. They're about four centimetres in body length, a tan colour usually, and, and they predominantly caught after pouring rain and they breed in, in temporary ponds usually. And always makes me think that their name's getting bleeped out. <laughs> the bleating... The bleating tree frogs! I just love it how many frogs are actually named after their calls, the common mm. names as well. You know, there's the moaning frog, the hooting frog, the bleating tree frog. One of the reasons I love them and one of the reasons I love Mary Helen Ward from Leichhardt in New South Wales who has a frog that she calls Bock. Oh, yeah. <laughs> oh, I can hear this one coming, yeah. Who <laughs> lives in her water feature and this is the recording. Bok the frog. Oh, I love striped marsh frogs. This is actually the number one frog that's been recorded in Frog ID as really? part of the oh, National Citizen Science. But yeah. strangely, not over summer, it was Perrin's tree frog. But now that they've got quiet for the winter, uh, the striped marsh frog's taken over. Yeah, and actually, right? the best story I ever heard of these guys was someone was telling me for ages they lived next to a tennis court and at night they thought that it was haunted because they could hear what they thought were people playing tennis at night. And listen, it does sound like a tennis ball being hit a little bit. No, but it does sound quite different. When you get one like that, it's a little bit like a dripping tap. But when you get a whole lot of them, it's actually quite a, an awesome noise. It's just sort yeah. of like that. You get sort of just, two yeah. or three hundred in one spot, <laughs> and it's unbelievable. Well. Henry Cook, if you have two or three hundred calling, we need you to record it and send it to both Off Track and Frog ID. So how can you get in touch with Frog ID? Uh, you can go to frogid.net.au and that will tell you lots more about it, but it's uh, just download it for your iPhone or Android, uh, Frog ID, one word, and, and then you just press record and then it gets submitted to someone like myself or actually myself. We'll listen <laughs> to those calls and let you know what frogs they are. And so we've got more than 27,000 frog records on the map since November 10th, which is absolutely amazing and it's kind of, it, it's, it's very humbling and, and makes me think, uh, wonderful things of, of humanity, all these wonderful people that are spending their time recording frogs. On ABC Radio, you're listening to Off Track in what's becoming a little series of programs that I've been calling earworms because these are the sounds of nature that bury themselves into your head. And almost every single sound in this program is recorded by you, the off-track listeners from all around the world using your smartphones. You can record sounds. Sometimes it's called voice memo on your smartphone is the recording app and email it direct through to me, offtrack at abc.net.au. And as an extra special treat on today's expert animal panel, 
We've got Jodie Riley, frog person from the Australian Museum. That's the short version of your title. <laughs> Henry Cook, ecologist and wildlife photographer. And Elliot Leach, who is an ecologist and a mad keen birder. Next up, Marilyn Chalkley is from Canberra, but she recorded this dawn chorus at Barraga Bay, south of Bermagui in New South Wales. And though she knows what some of the birds are, she doesn't know who the soloist is. Uh, it's uh, Rufus Whistler. See, it took him all of about two seconds. So he's really moving through a lot of repertoire. Yeah, they're a wonderful bird. Such a beautiful singer and really common. So um, they're a joy to see in the bush. What's they look like, Henry? Uh, they're quite handsome. I mean, they've, they've got a little black hood, like, a, like they're wearing a little black motorcycle helmet and a white throat. And then they've got uh, Rufus chest and little grey wings. Yeah, he's a beautiful singer and he goes on for ages. This recording that Marilyn sent in is, you know, like 10 minutes long. Yeah, mm-hmm. yeah, yeah. They, they just go and go and go. And uh, often they'll, they'll uh, if the bush is quiet, they'll call in response to a loud noise. I did surveys once with a bloke who'd roll up to a site and he'd bang on the car door first thing and then, oh, Rufus Whistler would call in response. Or um, if there's thunder, they'll call in response to thunderclaps. Oh. Like, boom, and then they... Beep, 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 beep. So there you go, Marilyn. Thanks for sending it in to Off Track. It's the Rufus Whistler. Michael Terran from Perth, who is clearly a field recording enthusiast because he's been doing some programs on field recording for RTR FM in the West. He writes that this is one of my favourite field recordings, two whooping swans in Iceland singing a short but amazingly coordinated song, splashing their wings into the water and having a grand old time. What an amazing recording. Yeah, isn't it just wonderful? It sounds like a really fantastic thing to witness, though. Mm. Belinda Stewart is from the Lower MacDonald in New South Wales, and she's got a bird that she would dearly like us to identify for her. It's a willy wagtail. Yeah. Such a beautiful is it, bird. Is it calling at night or something? Now, that's interesting. They do call at night, don't they? They mm. do. And I've, had, I've been sent a lot of recordings of Willy Wagtails. What is this bird? It calls all night, sending me mad. And it's usually on sort of moonlit nights. And the Willy Wagtail just, like, for whatever reason, chimes away. So, yes, it's a willy wagtail, that adorable little black and white bird, and the males have the really grumpy eyebrows that looked a little bit like John Howard. <laughs> so, all right, Jonathan Mortlock sent in a recording. 
It's actually not his recording, it's his mum and dad's recording. I will accept that. It's frogs, frogs at Binabara at the Lamington National Park in Queensland. Nice. Yeah, no, that's really flash. That is awesome. So what what are we listening to? He's got some Floria. What are they? So that would be Floria Loveridge, Loveridge Frog. Oh my gosh, they're fantastic. That's a really good chorus of them. They're relic Gondwanan frogs that live in the top of where streams form in the mud. So right before the streams in the rainforest actually turn into streams, it's just this kind of mud. And these frogs call from burrows underneath the ground. You rarely see them because they're mostly in the mud. Let's have a listen. This is a beautiful recording. This is a fantastic recording. Beck Archer recorded the sounds of the carry trees in Margaret River. She said that she made this recording early one morning and the birds were just beautiful. She says, after a rough couple of days, silently soaking up the sounds of the Cary Forest was enough to lift my spirits and make my heart smile. Thank you to Jodie Rowley, Elliot Leach and Henry Cook. Thank you. Thank you. And all of the people who sent in sounds. Remember, if you hear an excellent sound out there on your travels, record it on your smartphone and send it to me, off track at abc.net.au. I'm Ann Jones, and meet me here at the same time next time. That's when I'll take you somewhere else.